You're listening to Everybody Eats, where we sit down with the best and brightest hustlers, entrepreneurs, go-getters, and professionals. Join us as we create the ultimate network and change the business narrative from the ground up. All right, let's do it. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Everybody Eat Show. What's Yo, up, guys? What's up? It's been a minute. So last last few episodes we recorded, we were overseas. We we're international. International, yeah. Right? So like now we're we're back. We're back home. Um, getting some getting some more episodes done. Right? It doesn't stop. The grind doesn't stop. So um, today we have a very special guest. We have Miss Sabine Franco joining us. So first, I'm gonna say thank Hi. you for joining us this evening, being on our episode sure thank you it's an honor thank you for having me thank you thank you so um first that's uh housekeeping items right if you're new to our channel make sure you're following us everywhere at everybody eats show on instagram facebook ebe underscore show on twitter everybody eats show on tiktok everybody eats show YouTube. youtube all that good stuff make <laughs> sure that you're following us that's where we have all our clips, episodes, snippets, content, all that, all that. Good and stuff. we are on every other platform where you can listen to podcasts. Is every, that correct? Every right. pla- every platform you can listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen. Make sure you're tuning in, giving us a follow, new episodes coming out. And for our repeat listeners, thank you. Thank you for joining us. All right. So that's that. Um, I love to talk about how we met our guests, right? So <laughs> okay. this is... This is very interesting because uh, kind of like you said before, I've I've heard about you for like a few years now because one of my mentors um, mm-hmm. was actually one of your clients, right? And this is like oh, way awesome. before we started the podcast. I was like back in high school. Um, and then fast forward a few years in college, one of our friends in college, uh, she brought you up because she was uh, she worked for you for some time. Right. And then uh, a few years later, I'm watching EYL. And then I was like, hey, like, that looks really familiar. Like, yeah. Just can't get rid of this it. lady. Yeah, I'm like, I've seen her before. I've heard of her before. Um, and then, like, The Breakfast Club, like, seemed with, like, DJ Envy and, like, uh, his, he's doing his real estate stuff. And I was like, mm-hmm. your name is Kat, but reappearing, reappearing. So right? I, I got to yeah, go. That's what we left. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. So um, eventually, eventually we got you on. So I'm very, very excited. Um, sure. but that just goes right. We always like to tell our guests, yo, you never know like how far an email or a DM can go to connect right. with somebody, right? Like you, you never never know. Yeah. Um again, this is just another example, you know. Social media don't stop shooting, out. don't stop shooting, yeah. right? Don't stop shooting. This is, that is another true. example of social media, just like about bringing people together. So let's do it. All right. Um, <laughs> on that note. If you could start, if you could start introducing yourself, where are you from yeah. and walk us through your, your journey? Yeah. So, um, I am, I always start with like what I do, although that's not what I am, but, <laughs> but you know, me from my role as an attorney, a speaker, motivator, um, educator, if you will, uh, where I'll just start with that. So, um, I'm an attorney, I've been practicing for over nine years, run a law firm called Franco Law Firm. We focus on asset protection, where we help create businesses, plan legacies, and protect properties. Um, so the goal is really to help the community and the culture to keep their, keep more money in their pocket, right? And put the generational back into generational wealth. And so uh, where I'm from, I, I hail from Queens. <laughs> Queens <get> the money. <laughs> uh, so that's where I grew up in um, uh, Queens, New York. 
And I've been, you know, here basically all my life and sort of just been, you know, building my business, grinding, trying to make a name for myself. And that's how you guys found me. So clearly it worked, right? Yeah, you're doing a real good job. <laughs> clearly it worked. So um, I'm interested, like, was lawyer always the goal growing up, right? Like, mm. you know, high, high school, right? Was it always like, I want to be a lawyer and then like you just set it off or was it you just... Kind of, mm. I don't say stumbled upon it because obviously it takes right. time. But like, uh, something right. that, like, your path kind of eventually like yeah, steered that way. Like, yeah. Steered me there, yeah. So it's almost like um, I, I did always have it in the back of my mind because just like culturally growing up, that was like you know the options for you, like become a doctor, lawyer, or you yeah. know something like that. That's what we. That's the only thing like we sort of knew, and so I wasn't forced to do it. But you know, in the back of my mind, that's something that I thought about. But I worked full time uh, from the time that I finished. Um, high school, I worked full-time and I went to school full-time. So by the time I finished college, I was like, yeah, law school. I don't know about that. <laughs> so um, I was working, I was working in the, um, in the uh, mortgage industry. So I worked for mortgage banks, mortgage lenders. And then I got to a point where I was kind of bored in that field. I went to work for a venture finance firm for about a year and finance sounds sexy now, but it's not, it wasn't sexy back then. <laughs> And then, so um, I just decided that I was going to finally go to law school. So it's almost like it was out of somewhat boredom, somewhat, you know, let's see if I could challenge myself in a new way to really do this thing that I'm not sure that I could achieve. And so I think, I think ultimately I wanted to prove it to myself that I could do it. Mm. Yeah. Did, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, it's, it's really cool to see. I mean, even though you, you got to, at least you bounced around, you knew yourself enough to figure out like, Hey, I'm not going to stress myself out. You know, imagine yeah. you did go to law school and you know, you went, you know, you, you didn't finish. And then, you know, uh, you went through the other stuff and it didn't work out. So, I mean, everything right. you call it boredom, but again, I think your path kind of just steered that way. So it really did. It really did. Mm. Got it. So, um, I, now you're a lawyer. This is the difference between being a lawyer and having your own practice, right? So like, yeah. how did you, how, how did you manage and what was the journey between saying, all right, I'm gonna open my own practice. I'm gonna run this, you know, that's <laughs> different than working with somebody else, right? So that's, that's yeah. a whole different step in itself. It's an interesting one because um, for me, I had, you know, I was actually telling somebody today that, you know, when I, when I really set my mind to do something, um, I really just have to convince myself and then it's, it's as good as done, right? So when I, when I was working prior to law school, um, during that period between college and law school, I actually at the venture finance firm was making like almost 60,000. I was 24, 24 years old. It was back in 2007. So that was, that was nice. There wasn't so much, um, so much of these, you know, millionaire 20 year olds <laughs> go walking around. So it was a pretty good accomplishment for me. And, um, but I just wasn't happy. Like it wasn't, it wasn't what I really wanted to do. And so when I, when I finished law school, um, I was looking for a job. So this was after the you know, financial crisis or real estate crisis at that time. And I was looking for a job and they wanted to pay me less than what I was actually making at prior to law school. So for me, I was like, what? I'm a whole lawyer. I'm not about to be, <laughs> which was not the right attitude looking back. But um, I worked for a firm for a short period of time, like a little less than a year. And then I decided, okay, I'm going to go out on my own. And what I started to do is I started to work for other attorneys who um, needed uh, appearances or who needed help in their practice. And that's how I sort of started to learn the ropes, started to learn the industry and to get a feel for what is it exactly that I could 
do? Like, what do I know enough to do? And what can I teach myself and learn um, through continuing education, through mentorship and things like that? And so that's kind of how I started. And initially it just felt like, I'm just kind of doing this, you know, we'll see how, you know, how it goes or where it goes. And then probably like a year and a half in, I was like, all right, maybe I should just like at least form my business. <laughs> you know, maybe I should just, you know, pick pick an actual practice area, you know, and things like that. So I started to get serious about it um, along the way, but that's how I found myself in private practice. Got it. For myself. Mm-hmm. Got it. So it was like gradual thing. Yeah, gradually. Got it. Okay. So um got your own practice. Like mm. now you're you're on social media, you got the content, you know, you're going to the conferences. So like right. I'm I'm interested, like what's what's the uh either the plan, what's the trajectory? Endgame game or yeah, yeah. Like, did you did you I or, probably know the answer to this, right? I, did oh, you yeah, plan out, did you plan out all this or was it like as the opportunity just came. or I guess yeah. another way to word it is wh- <laughs> when did um uh when did the uh I like your like I don't know if it's your your slogan or business model but put generation put generational back into in, intergenerational uh well so when did that kind of you know spark and 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 mm. or, um I don't know if that's what you're going for but. I think I think this is like this happened when Okay, so a part of my practice, you guys know that I was on the tour with DJ Envy and Caesar, And so I sort of, you know, in that process became somewhat of a, a thought leader or, um, or someone who's like knowledgeable on that area of real estate law. And so a lot of people will come to me with issues like, um, you know, uh, I, you know, was supposed to get this inheritance, but the property is actually in my relative's name and now they don't want to transfer it to me or I was manipulated out of signing over my property because I was young, I didn't know what I owned or, you know, a a family member manipulated an elderly, you know, whatever it is. So a bunch of those scenarios kept happening, kept happening. And I'm like, yo, like people came here, they, you know, grinded, they, they did start to build wealth, right. Or they did, you know, did something to sort of set up their next generation. And then it got lost somehow you know, because of misinformation, because of, you know, just not having the right tools or not having the the funds or what have you. And so because of that, what they started ended right there. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want that to continue to be the narrative. So I said, okay, this is something that I could speak about that I could, you know, educate people about. So I want to sort of see how what I do and what I know can sort of help enlighten people in this area so that it's not just about the wealth part, because I think we we are we, we have a, so much resources out there to know that we can build wealth and this is just different ways that we can build wealth. But what about the generational part? Like, how is it passing on? Yeah. And so um, 36% of businesses make it to the second generation, only 36%. Then you mm-hmm. have 17% making it to the third generation. And then even less, 7% making it to the fourth generation. But even at the highest level, 36%, like what's happening to 70% of the businesses? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what's that? Like, what are we out here doing? So um, it's just not good enough. And so I think that, you know, it's re- it, it became a passion of mine to sort of help people and make sure that this is not something that every single family, especially of color, is experiencing. Uh, something that kind of just like jogs my memory, I saw... Um... Uh, I saw something on Instagram the other day, pretty much that like, yo, United States runs on documentation, right? So mm-hmm. like, especially like United States and business runs on documentation. Yeah. So when you're saying that generational thing, like I can see how 
easy it is for one generation easy right we, we could be making money we could be doing everything on the podcast right but if we don't have the literally the proper paperwork like, yeah. in place right. for our kids or the next people to take over the business it's, mm-hmm. it's not gonna work exactly. <laughs> right and like, and like how many times um it ha- i'm sure it happens to a bunch of families but how many times have you seen like like kind of literally this, the situation where you said where um you know, parents pass and, you know, they have a house or something like that. And what happened mm. to the kids? The kids start fighting for the fight money. For the kids house, fighting fight for the for house. Yes. Right? Proper paper, paperwork paper isn't in place. Is, yep. They Like families get torn apart. Like, yeah. it's, and that's how the, the generational wealth doesn't get passed yeah. down. You exactly. Know? So like, they spend the money suing each other and fighting and, and doing all of this on the third. Yeah, so. Yeah, and that and you're right. So that that is also one of the major things is that people think that, Oh, they get along now. They're going to be all right. They're going to figure it out. Or this older one, I'm going to leave it to the eldest eldest, and they're going to take care of the other ones. Like they don't have to do that. You know, once you leave it to them, it's theirs. And if you don't put a a plan in place, then yeah, your family and they're going to fight over things. People switch up real quick when somebody passes away and you're not around to sort of keep the peace or, you know, for the, if you, especially if you're like the matriarch or, you know, the, or the same for, for the male version, they're going to, you know, go at it with each other. And so a lot of times it's lost because people just can't get on the same page and nothing happens. Like I've seen that happen. And so it's sad, you know, for that to be the case. Frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, it's not. Nobody wins in the family, right? Yeah. (laughs) uh, That's, that's good. That, uh, that's amazing that, you know, you're having that. That's a, that's a goal. That's a model. That's like a, like a mission statement. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause like you said, it's, it's easy like when when everyone's getting along and like money's to be made, it's easy to think that it's always gonna be sweet like that forever, yeah, right? But nah, you really nah, have yeah. to have that, you know, have that in place. You um, get your piece of respect, but, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For real, you need to have you need to have that in place. Um, before we get into the like, I guess like technical parts of trademarking, is anything mm-hmm. else you want to cover in this segment? Oh no, I'm good. Oh, good. good. All right. Okay. Oh, actually, one last question I want to cover right now. Um, yeah. being a black woman in in this field right i'm mm-hmm. curious how has how has that been because i'm sure like i don't know mm-hmm. too much about the industry but i'm assuming <laughs> it's predominantly white old men right i'm assuming just like most, most <laughs> yeah. other industries right so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious how is that how has that journey been for you like in terms of like mentors looking up to people and like mentoring people at the same time mm-hmm. or to, whether it be like no the black males black women um yeah. in that industry Yeah. So, I mean, especially early on, I dealt with that um, sort of stigma. Like I I felt very out of place and I felt like, how do I actually like be an attorney and still be myself? Right. I felt like I had to fit a mold and try to be, you know, something else. And it took me a long time to realize like, you know, you can't, it wasn't created for you, Mm. you know, like this mold was not created for you. So you're never going to fit it the way that it's designed, but you can make your own way. And that's what I really started to do. But yeah, it's absolutely white male dominated predominantly. Um, Then you have your white women. And then, you know, I've had several situations in my career where I've gone into courtrooms and the judge thought I was a defendant. I've had other attorneys think I was a defendant. Um, Court report, you know, court officers are just like, 
you're an attorney, you know, like, oh, you can't come in. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm an attorney. So I'm yeah. young, I'm African-American, I'm a woman. Yeah. So definitely I dealt with that. And it did, it did play on my confidence, you know, and my authority and owning the role and the person, you know, who I am, but I got a whole lawyer. I mean, I'm a whole lawyer and I, I took two bar exams the same way that, you know, everybody else did and passed on the first try. <laughs> 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 So, you know, I've, I've, I've earned it. I'm worthy. I'm worth it. And, and I am who I am. And so um, it definitely is something that I had to work through. It doesn't bother me anymore, but it did for a while. Mm -hmm. Got it. I love that. That's real. That's the, that's the, that's the real. That's the real um, of it. Yep. Um, no, on that note, let's, let's go to the quote of the day. All right. All so right. Edom, he'll pull that up for us and we'll try and guess who said it. Um, and then mm. we'll just talk about <laughs> we'll talk about uh, our interpretation. We'll just try to find a uh, give y'all a hint that won't give it away. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Reset the thing up. You said you took two bar exams. Is that like both for New York or like for two? I like, took New York and New Jersey. New York and New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. That's what I said that because I was like, they're probably like, oh, she took the bar twice. <laughs> 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 Which is nothing wrong with that. It's just, yeah. you know. <laughs> it's not me. It just wasn't my story. <laughs> and where'd you do law school? And like, um, Hofstra in, okay. on Long Island. Yeah. And um, undergrad, I went to SUNY Farmingdale State University. Okay. All right. So long. Yeah. Okay. So I know Hofstra and that people go to Hofstra Law. Yeah. yeah. Are you guys in New York or from New York? Uh, we're from New York, but oh, right okay. now we're located in uh, Norfolk, Virginia. Oh. Yeah. So, all right. Right. All right. Let's do it. Yeah. Quote of the day. Uh, so the quote is we have two lives the second one begins when you realize you only have one Ooh. i feel like i literally just saw that quote i feel like i reheard <laughs> that recently too yeah, i was watching something like that i forgot where i pulled it from but i wrote down who like who said it so we have two lives Sheesh. the second one begins only when you realize you have one i think i saw that on my instagram yeah i don't know i literally just saw that instagram <laughs> I don't know who the original person is, though. Is it from the right. show? Uh, no, no, no. So no. it was said by a famous philosopher. Um, it's also a politician. He created his own teaching. Uh, he, like, I think he coined the phrase fil filial piety. Not Socrates? No. Oh. If I say where he's from, it's going to give it away. So philosopher can't it's like it it formed into its own type of like uh way of thought and no no like social ruling standard as well you got me bro all right so he's from <laughs> china no oh. from china philosopher politician really 
that just goes to show you guys how much I know about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I feel like I, I feel like if I said China, I would have guessed, but it's Confucius. Oh, ah, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> so um, we only have we have two lives. The second one only begins when we realize uh, we only have one. Yeah, that's deep, and I I get it. I think it's about I think it's about waking up. So like. Recently, I read a book called, um, what is the name of the book? It's probably here somewhere. Um, Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. And it talks about how we go through life sort of like drifting. Like we don't really have direction. We don't know where we're going. And we're just kind of rolling, you know, we're just like kind of going with whatever comes at us. And so when you actually like dramatic and traumatic things that happen in your life sort of is there to like wake you up right? To like make you change your path of thinking or just like see what's going on around you. And so when you wake up, you see things, every, everything is seen differently and you, you realize how precious things are if you're lucky, right? Yeah. And then that's your second life and you live a whole different way. Uh, definitely, definitely. Um, I listened to uh, Secrets of Success podcast with Eric Thomas today. Yeah. Um, and he was so, somewhat like, in a similar in a similar route he was just talking about his relationship with uh, his wife his relationship with his co-workers right and uh the people he works with just saying like um pretty much he's like yo like we take everything we take we, a lot of times we take tomorrow for granted right like mm-hmm. but we never know like he, he says in the example you're saying he flies a lot with his wife right and he was like mm-hmm. yo like him and his wife fly a lot but they make sure that they pray every time they go on the plane because they never yeah. know like god forbid this could be the yeah. last time you know what i'm saying right off type joint mm. but Take he was saying yeah. you gotta be grateful but like for him he was pretty much using that like because we never we don't have tomorrow promise like mm. you have to make sure you're doing what you gotta do today you know what yeah. i'm saying and it's like taking care of what you can today because you know, once you realize that, like, yo, like, we're only here once, like, you know, we can't take it all with us, you know, mm-hmm. all that stuff, you move yeah. differently, you know, and, like, you really start to appreciate, like, you know, um, I saw a different video today, it was, like, talking about risk, it was, like, oh, life, you think investing is, is risky, not investing is more risky, you yeah, think, you know, like, doing this is risky, you know, not living your dreams is even more risky, he's, yeah. like, mm-hmm. you think, like, life is risky, like, we're not gonna make it out alive at the end of this, you know, right, so right, what right. are you gonna do with yourself and do with your time while you're here now? All right, so that kind of made me Absolutely. think about exactly, you know what I'm saying. So that that's what got me thinking, like, oh, you know, you realize like, once you realize you only got one, like you start to yeah. move a little bit differently and you, you really do. apply that stuff because it's like, you know, yesterday is gone, you know, you're never getting that back, you know. Mm-hmm. Like that was the last time you did whatever you did yesterday was the last time you ever did yesterday, you know, like that, that's, that's that the, was the last that's the last time. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So yeah. some something like that. So that that's uh that's what I got out of it um yeah you hit a lot of stuff um (laughs) but uh for me um i relate it more to uh i guess um situations where it's i I wouldn't say it's near death but that mental experience you get when you're like um when you're in a near death i guess it's the 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 realization of your mortality Mm, Um, right you know how fragile or how small you are at the end of it so that that mental feeling or, or, or um, that change in mindset that you get when you're really close to, 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 to death or, or just something really like beyond your control, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, you oftentimes you hear uh, people, yeah, you have, you know, 
you have the rare cases where you know people pass and you know come back like after like a few minutes they come back a whole different person you have mm-hmm. um we were talking about it offline but uh i was watching a video joe rogan talking about uh, ego death and i did you know i kind of fell into a rabbit hole about that but yeah people you know mm-hmm. um i'm i'm sure it's caused by many other things but in this example is you know drugs and and um they go you know they trip and they they have what it's called ego death so you reimagine everything like um like you you view your world differently so it's like you're another it's like some people come out of it a completely different person so um Mm. that's how i view it you know so whenever you find yourself in a situation like that or um very traumatic experience yeah yeah yeah, Mm -hmm. traumatic or something really like i i I guess the word is profound you know something bigger than you um the the feeling that comes with that that's how i view it yeah it wakes you up Word. I was deep. I was deep. Could you yeah. read that? Right? <laughs> All right. So um let me make sure I got it right. We have two lives. The second begins when you realize you only have one. Mm, by Confucius. Mm. By Confucius. All right. So uh we'll hop into this third uh segment. Let's get talking about trademarking all right so um this is something um i i've like i've heard about it right trademarking patenting but like i feel like that's some stuff that we kind of like people stuff it's like the fine print stuff that people kind (laughs) of right that's that's why that's why i feel like it is sometimes so um for those who don't know what what is trademarking like why is it important you know like what's the difference Mm -hmm. between trademark and patenting right so we could just give like a basic um like yeah, you know yeah. basic definition of like what it is and why it's important um okay yeah. so a trademark is really the the act of protecting at least trademark registration is the act of protecting something that you've created that is something that is consumer facing or public facing that you want the public to know and understand that they are seeing or interfacing with your brand right mm-hmm. so it could be a name it could be a logo um, a design, whatever it is, it's the thing that's on all of your products or that's signifying on your products. Who owns this? Who made this? Where did this come from? That's your trademark. And so we also know it as your brand, right? Mm-hmm. It's the brand, it's the McDonald's golden arches, it's the Nike swoosh. It's, you know, the thing that, you know, okay, I know what this brand is, you know, and that one thing speaks to the entire essence of the company right you see the golden arch you know exactly what you get you could be in china you know what it is right Mm -hmm. anywhere you are so it speaks to the essence of the brand and you want to communicate everything that you are and that one thing to the public and for them to know and understand who you are got it so um this goes to that also kind of ties into the reason why rk nike has the has the swoosh but if I start a brand, right? Like, uh-huh. why can't I just use the swoosh that Nike has? Like, it looks cool. Like, why why can't why can't I just all of a sudden start doing everybody eats and just putting a little? little... <laughs> yeah. yeah. So thank yeah thank you. That's a good, good um clarifying question. So yeah. So when you when you register your trademark, you are uh, protecting the exclusive use to use that uh, that mark that symbol, and you are also letting people putting people on notice that they're not allowed to use it because it's your right that you've claimed 
Mm. And when it's your right that you claim, you can, you know, stop others from using it. You Because what happens is when you register a trademark, you are building equity in that brand, right? We know that the, these brands are valuable. We see them. And you never know when you create something, like how big it's going to get. You may think you're just starting, you know, you're just doing books in your garage. And next thing you know, you're Amazon, right? You don't know. That's how it starts. So you want to basically protect whatever it is that you're building. And when you do that, you want to stop others from doing it because you don't want them to reap the benefits of what you have created. And so what Nike can do, if you go ahead and put that on your sweatshirt is first tell you to stop. <laughs> Second, if you don't, they can sue you and also take all of the proceeds that you made off of their brand. Right. And so that's why when somebody registers their trademark, you can't go ahead and use it. So what about in the cases of um, I'm sure the answer lies in the question, but uh, let's say you um, make a design. So I make a design with the uh, Nike swoosh mm-hmm. and I do sell it. I know there's some like uh, you, you might see maybe those uh, streetwear owners or brands where they kind of take a take a, a brand's logo mm-hmm. or something and they remake it into their mm-hmm. own thing. But you can yeah. still evidently, you know, you can still tell what the original brand is and you can, you know, like um, you can tell what they did and what the brand is originally. So how do you, okay. like, yeah, it sort of it, it sort of depends how how they're doing it. So if they are just mocking the style, like if they're doing, say it's Gucci and they're doing double C's or they make the C's sort of look like it. Um, essentially, they're not really uh, violating their rights. Now, it depends on what it is that they are um, sort of trying to it's not even really what they what they what they're trying to do across. with it yeah or... so it's it's two different things because one would be a copyright so copyright is a protection of your really a design um other things fall into copyright as well but as pertaining to your example it's the protection of the design so if we're talking about the gucci print they could probably sue them for a violation of that and that's why you see these people on the corners doing stuff like that yeah. they're there and they're looking out to see because yeah they're violating other people's rights <laughs> We just saw, that saw, we just that saw so many, it. like, again, we were just traveling. So we just okay. saw so many of those, you know, people, they got the, the purses on the, on the, yes. uh, on the sheets on the street, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's, there's, a, out, they yeah. <laughs> there's a level, there's a level of protection that they can have, like with clothing, it's very like, you know, um, very specific, right? Cause a lot yeah. of clothing you can't, you cannot um, defend against like the, the the styles, right? But if it's if it's like the G's, you know, then it's definitely like trademark infringement. And like I said, yeah. they're doing it, they're doing it illegally, right? Yeah. And so you wouldn't see it in a Macy's, right? You wouldn't see yeah. it in a big department store or you know a Neiman Marcus or what have you. You wouldn't see that because yes, they're illegally infringing on these people's rights. Okay. Got right. you. Mm-hmm. So before we were talking about documentation, right? So like, what what is the actual? So like, right? We got everybody eats. We got a nice logo. It's gonna have me and Eden's face on it, right? Mm-hmm. So now that we have it, like maybe we have like this is like real practical for like a small business owner, right? We just mm-hmm. had a graphic design artist like create a logo for us. Boom! Okay. Now it's ours, right? We paid the yeah. graphic design artist. Now we want to blow it up and we want to put this design everywhere on Instagram, on shirts, on like QR codes, on like business cards, whatever. So like what what is the actual process now for us to be like okay now we have this copyrighted or trademarked okay so uh with both of both copyrights and trademarks your rights are actually created when the thing is created so with copyright you do the drawing or what have you 
you have a copyright in that thing. Mm -hmm. The reason why you register it is because you want to be able to police against it. And you also want to get um, uh, more damages if your brand is actually harmed, right? If you need okay. to go ahead and sue them. Now, to do that registration, what you're first going to want to do is if you if you hire a lawyer, if you wanted to do it on your own, you're going to do a search to see if there's any other marks out there that is conflicting with yours, mm. meaning that somebody else already registered this or something that is similar to it. What you need to know with trademarks is not only that you can't um, you cannot protect the same exact thing, you also cannot protect something that is similar. So the trademark office, if you're doing something that's similar to someone who's already registered and you want to try to protect a mark that also looks similar to what they're doing, you're not, you're likely not going to be successful with that. So you need to do a search on uspto.gov. Um, their, their search engine is not super, uh, it's, not, it's not super user-friendly in the sense that it may not catch everything. So you have to be, you know, very creative in how you're searching. And Got so it. when you do that, if you don't find that there's anything conflicting, then, you, then you're gonna put in an application. And the application is what is really going to, uh, go to them it's going to take some time <laughs> it's like an eight to 18 month process and mm -hmm. the application will go and then someone will let you know like you know if they think that it's good or if they think it's not going to happen or if they think you need to write a legal argument to explain why they should allow you to register this you know things like that got it sorry could you repeat the website one more time uspto.gov uspto uspaytimeoff.gov <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. then you said um, you said eight to eighteen months. Uh, is there a cost uh, to to register or to apply? Yeah, it's um, it there there is a cost. It depends though what you're registering, um, the different classes and categories that you your brand is falling into, and whether or not you're going to use an attorney for it. Got it. So, mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. So. Um, I guess like help me understand, right? So trademark, is it, do you trademark a name or do you trademark a logo or can it be both? Like does Nike trademark like N-I-K-E or do they trademark the check? Like the swoosh? They trademark it all. <laughs> they trademark okay. the swoosh, they trademark N-I-K-E and okay. they trademark just do it. So okay. the swoosh is the logo. Yeah. The N-I-K-E is the name, the word mark. Yeah. And the slogan is the just do it. So those are three different trademarks. And then they also trademark it together because sometimes they use it together. Got it. Okay. That's smart. So mm -hmm. what happens if Nike in this case wants to switch up their logo, right? They rebrand, right? Facebook said that they're going to change their name recently, right? Like they yeah. just came out saying that they're going to get a new name. So, <laughs> which is insane. I'm really interested what it's going to be, right? So yeah. in that case, they're going to have to come up with a new name, new logo, new design, and all that new stuff is going to have to be trademarked as well. That's right. That's right. Okay. And so, and they, I mean, oh, sorry. Do they let go okay. of that old, of all the old stuff, or is that still, can they still easily go right back to it? No, they, they're not going to let go of the Facebook. They, okay. The only thing they have to do with that is to make sure that they're still using it. So they're going to have to use it in some capacity, you know, could be in marketing or, you know, just keep it alive because if they're not using it, they can't continue to own it. It will, you know, essentially die if they have no proof that it's being used. Is, but because of the equity in it, I don't believe they're just going to like never use it ever again. Is there a time period like uh, 
like I guess when for how long you'd have to for how long you can remain inactive before you lose it that logo or yeah so every so when you first get your trademark registration after the first five years you have there is a there's something that needs to be filed in order for you to extend and you also have to show proof that you've been using it in the way that you said you were going to be using it so when you do that then um you're able to extend that trademark and you're able to go to uh to continue to use it and then after 10 years same thing and then every 10 years after that you have to continue to do the same thing so if you don't have proof that you've been using it then they're not you're not going to get that extension or that continued you know your rights won't be continued got it um i'm curious right so in the music industry when it comes to like i feel like there's somewhat similar when it comes to like sampling right sampling music you create a create a song um if you want to use, you know, a Michael Jackson song, you got to get it cleared. Is it, uh, I guess, like, the music isn't necessarily trademark, but I'm assuming it's kind of like a similar structure in the terms of, like, you know, you can't, obviously, you can't just, you know, use somebody else's, you know, song if you want to make it in your own. You're going to have to get, like, that approved. So I'm wondering, is that, do you, is it similar process, if you know how that works? Um, It's a different, it's a different process, but it's a similar protection, right? It is, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 um, it's, you're filing with the government to basically protect those copyrights um, that you've created for the, for the, for the music that you've created. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, Do you have any like common, uh, I guess like do's or don'ts that maybe small businesses or people kind of like run into when it comes to uh, maybe like trademarking process or registration? Yeah, I mean, definitely you want to get clear on your brand first before you trademark. But the minute that you know that you're sure and you're married to this brand, then you want to go ahead and file that trademark or get it, get, um, work with an attorney to file, you work with us <laughs> to mm-hmm. file that trademark. Uh, because the worst thing you want to do is build a brand where someone else comes in and sort of um, takes it or uses it and protects it before you. And it's hard for you to go ahead and overcome that. Right. So you definitely want to protect your brand as early as you are sure (laughs) that this is um, the brand. Um, I would say also protect it for all the classes that you're actually using it because it depends, it's different, right? So the trademark office looks at it like, if you want to do sweatshirts, that's apparel. If you want to do a podcast, that's, you know, a different class. And so in each way that you're certainly, that you're protecting it, then you want to do that. And um, don't, don't, you know, be ignorant to the fact that you are, you guys are creating every day and other people see the value in what you're creating. And if you don't, see the value in it, then um, you're definitely not going to be the one reaping the benefits from it, right? And we have to know that we have to invest in our businesses. You can't want to be a multimillionaire and you're concerned about protecting, (laughs) you know, you're not, you're not concerned about protecting your rights or you're not willing to invest what it takes to basically get your, your business affairs in order. So that's what it boils down to. Ah, for sure, for sure. That was a lot of jumps right there. (laughs) um do you have any, any other no questions? i was just running out a lot of information she was giving out but <laughs> but so um kind of I'm, I'm curious along your journey right becoming a lawyer got your own brand uh you know creating oh i do have sorry um it kind of she answered everything so beautifully with trademarking <laughs> i just wanted to know um just in case anyone out here is listening might be in uh or 
wants to be a lawyer and may find themselves in that same situation. How did you shrug off? Um, Cause I know uh, after a while, you know, having, you mentioned um, having, um, I forgot the name you used for it, but um, people mm-hmm. kind of looking at you weird, thinking you were the defendant and, and certain yeah. stuff like that. How did you uh, shrug that off? How did you, you know, um, every day shake it off just in case any, you know, for anybody listening? Uh, I mean, it, it took a while. Um for me to do that, I mean, it was it was more so doing the inner work of me growing and growing the confidence in, our, in myself. But a lot of times, I think we think that everything is external and that you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna find what we need externally, where we really have to do the inner work and work within. Because it's not, I didn't change what's going on outside. All I did was change what was going on in here. And so, because I was able to do that through reading and and applying information that I was learning. Um, doing affirmations, doing yoga, doing meditations, all of those type of things helped me to grow the confidence in myself. And when I did that, now I don't have to care, you know, where people want to put me. (laughs) Uh, That kind of ties into the question I was going to ask. I was just going to be like, what was, what would you say is like one of your biggest takeaways or lessons, you know, um, from, from your career, from your career, whether it's like, you know, personal or, you know, a business lesson, financial Mm -hmm. lesson. Um, But yeah, one of the biggest takeaways Yeah, one of the biggest takeaways for me is that, um, you know, there's really no limit to what you can actually do if you just believe in yourself, right? So the only limitation that I have had in my career is my lack of belief that I was able to achieve, you know, any particular thing. And so the minute that I decide that I'm going to believe in myself for a particular thing, it happens, like it literally happens. So that is my biggest takeaway. Like never, never doubt myself when it's something that I want because I can have it as long as I first believe it. Got it. Do you happen to have any, and I'll put you on the spot. Do you have any like examples or like stories you could, you could think of? (laughs) So, I mean, well, well, one, one big thing is, is the public speaking, right? So I do, I'm sorry, hold on one second. I got background. Sorry, life of a mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so public speaking was a huge fear for me. Like, I remember the first time in law school when I had to public speak, I kind of like froze, <laughs> didn't really, didn't, couldn't really get it out, you know? And so like, as an attorney, when, when I first started my practice for like the first four years, I barely went to anything, like any networking event. I didn't really put myself out there at all. I just kind of let whatever come to me, come to me. And so um, I woke up one day and was just like, yo, are you going to do this or not? (laughs) You know what I mean? And I decided, yeah, I'm going to do it. And so when I did, I one day was scrolling and I just had this, this urge to like reach out to DJ Envy because I had gone to one of his seminars Hmm. and I was like I'm just gonna reach out and see if if you know this is not now don't go reaching out and don't tell him I sent you (laughs) because this was just my story I don't know why it didn't work for me um but it did (laughs) so so it did and you know you know long story short it ended up working out for me but then I was like sis you about to go speak in front of all these people like you don't even you like it's not something you do you can do like that and so um I kind of just you know stepped out there and I had to like really just believe in myself now it was it took me a lot of growth because we were doing it for months and months 
And it took me a lot of growth through, throughout the process to sort of, you know, um, like I said, build myself up with those different tools. I did coaching, um, you know, life coaching. I did, you know, um, like I said, meditation, reading books and things like that to work on myself and deal with my insecurities. Like, why are you insecure about speaking? Like, you know, why are you, why do you feel like you're not worthy? Why do you feel like you're not enough? And so, so dealing with those questions, the answers to the, the answers to those questions, that's how I got free from it. And the biggest part is that I kept doing it. Mm. You know, I kept doing it and I still haven't stopped doing it, even though I'm not on that platform, but I'm still speaking, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's one of the biggest things is that the thing that you're most afraid of, you have to like stare it in the face and, and tackle it. <laughs> and most times it's not going <laughs> to, it's not going to. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah. For sure. Um, and that, that covers everything from on my end, mm -hmm. all, all my questions. I don't know before we get into the song, if you got any last ones. No, I mean, again, it goes to show, um, don't be afraid to shoot. And I mean, you kind of put yourself in a situation where you were forced to level up and I was in a big way. And, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, no done. choice, right? Yeah, no like, choice. Yeah, no choice to level up. You yeah, know? yeah. Sometimes it's 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 interesting because I used to I find myself in um I used to find myself in those situations where I'm like, I know I'm um maybe scared or apprehensive or I'm not really um 100 confident I can do something. But it, sometimes you just kind of just step off over the ledge you know yeah. the imaginary ledge and you know mm -hmm. not as bad as you think it is and you know you force yourself to, to fly or fall you know so <laughs> exactly exactly one of my friends one of my good friends she was scared of heights and during the pandemic she went skydiving and so she's like you know nothing now <laughs> there's nothing no fear even, anymore yeah, exactly. like what else could you do but you know jump out of a freaking plane <laughs> I gotta pass out like in, in the middle <laughs> throw up on myself <laughs> right. right that's how you gotta do you gotta just you know face it yeah for real for mm -hmm. sure, for sure. That's, that's it for me yeah no that's that's definitely it um so do you have a song you'd like to add to our wonderful playlist yeah so um this kind of ties into you know uh not being or, or being a black woman in an industry that wasn't creative for you, right? So the song that I love that you that really got me through like law school and stuff like that is So Ambitious by Jay-Z and Pharrell. I don't know if you guys know that song. <laughs> I'm off sending that, you in the crate. Uh, like uh, nah, that's it, off the okay. Uh, we know Forever Young off that album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go, back, go and back and listen to that song. Go gotcha, back and listen gotcha. to that song gotcha. and you guys will see. He talks about, uh, he says, the motivation for me is them telling me what I could not be. Okay. Okay. We add that to the playlist. Yeah. Um, Yo, that that kind of concludes today's episode. Thank you very much for joining us today. Yo, that was the first lawyer we had on on the on the. Podcast, oh really? So, nice. Yeah, so. I was the first lawyer on EYL too, so okay. you never know. Okay. Breaking oh, happening for you guys. Another one on the belt. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> but not yo, first lawyer we had. So that was really dope. Really enjoyed the conversation. Yo, for any future lawyers out there y'all i hope you, you're really listening to the advice because uh i remember my brother he wanted to be at some point he grew up he wanted to be a lawyer i wanted to be a lawyer at one point okay, i saw okay. there was a lot of reading so i was like eh, not really 
but um i know like i know a lot of people who you know going that route and, and things like that so yeah. uh i'm not like it, it was encouraging to me i'm not that's not even my industry so awesome. i know it's going to be encouraging to, to people out there um so that's yeah. just a thank you you know thank you very much for sharing sharing your experiences sharing your sure. story and your, and your knowledge sure. um you before we conclude make sure that you're following us on all platforms make sure you're leaving a like a review comment all that stuff on apple Podcasts. Subscribe. help us get ranked reviewed and all that good stuff so drop a review um tell a friend to tell a friend don't be selfish with all this good information <laughs> you know share, share it share don't it sh- don't be selfish everybody eats um <laughs> yo that's that's yeah, it, I'll so. just I'll just tell oh, people where they could find me if they want to oh, yes, um, reach out. So on social media, I'm Sabine the Purpose Lawyer, and also on YouTube, Sabine the Purpose Lawyer. So I do have my I do have a podcast as well called Sabine's okay. Common Sense. So if they want to tap in there, and my firm website is Franco-LawFirm.com. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Um, apologies, but yeah, we got all that. We gotta make sure that people can find it. <laughs> uh, that's why they're here right. for. It. Um, that's it for me. You, you said sorry one more time frank franco hyphen law firm yeah so the hyphen like a dash okay. lawfirm.com dot com there we go boom straight out of queens straight, straight out, out of queens, queens. <laughs> <laughs> we love it um yeah. yo thank you guys for listening to today's episode again thank you sabine for coming on today's episode and teaching and telling us You're welcome yo we'll see you guys next week <laughs>